You're listening to the Running Around Charlotte podcast presented by the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon. One day, five events with a race day distance for every goal and pace. Find out more or register at runcharlotte.com. Most every runner has their why. Why we get up in the morning. Why we go to bed early. Why we get outside in the worst weather or why we log so many miles. The reasons are special to each one of us, even if the pace or distance is the same as the guy running next to us. It seems the longer we run, the more meaning, the more why each one of those miles holds. Some of us may have a difficult time articulating that why. And for some folks, like today's guest, it's part of their job. Ashley Mahoney is a Novant Health Charlotte Marathon veteran, yoga instructor, former college athlete, and local journalist. You probably recognize her byline from Axios Charlotte, the Charlotte Post, or Queen City Football Chronicle. Ashley, <laughs> dang, this girl's busy. How many, how many hours are in your day beyond 24? Ashley, welcome to the program. We kind of teed up that resume. We're almost out of time, well, but tell us more me. about your running story. <laughs> Well, you're busy. Well, thank you so much for having me this morning. I know. It's um, it's one of those things where a, a colleague years ago told me, they're like, the people who have to tell you they're busy really aren't that busy. And the people who are just like constantly go, 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 go. And they're like, oh, what are you doing today? It's like, oh, there's there's a lot on the plate. So I'll, I'll walk you through today. I got up at 5.15, as I do on Tuesdays, for our copy edits with you know the newsletter. So hopefully you all had a chance to read that. Yes. And then I went for a little four-mile run on the Little Sugar Creek Greenway. If you follow me on Twitter, you know that I'm basically like a Greenway stan account at this point with all the <laughs> Greenway coverage. And there are Greenways <laughs> popping up everywhere. I love it. I mean, it's more places for us to run. It's great. But my running journey, gosh, I, I don't know if I can pinpoint a moment. But I do remember in high school, you know, taking the bus home and I grew up in the Catskills in upstate New York. And I remember just as, you know, the bus would be going along these beautiful mountains thinking, I'm like, I just be running right now. And I couldn't really identify why. So I just, I I love running. I also hate running sometimes. I think everyone can relate to that a little bit. I ran track for a couple of years in high school. But it was, you know, a soccer player at heart. So my running was always secondary. It was just this byproduct, this thing that also happened. And then I realized after college, after one too many concussions, I was like, you need something that's non-contact. And then in 2015, I decided at the delightful age of, gosh, what was I then, 23, that I was like, you know what, now is a better time than never to try and run a marathon why not and i was like well charlotte has a marathon and i grew up somewhere where we didn't have really any sort of road race let alone a marathon and i was like okay i can sleep in my own bed the night before and i can go do this this thing this 26.2 mile thing that i've never done i used to think running a mile was a lot and then it hit the point where like running 12 miles felt like oh this is a good run this is a good day so Fast forward from there, running and I have, you know, kind of had this back and forth relationship over the years where sometimes I love it, sometimes I hate it. And now we're here we are. It's good days, bad days and everything in between. So you're on good terms with running right now? We're on good terms. Running okay. and I are best friends right now. <laughs> we, then we'll keep Can't talking. promise that tomorrow, we'll but right talking. now we're best friends. <laughs> we'll talk about running for a little bit. Exactly. Since we're good, I just want to bring up any bad bit. stuff. <laughs> no, was it school that brought you down from uh, New York? Because you went to you went to Barton College. It was. Yeah. 
I did. I, I did. And some of some of our listeners might remember that as Atlantic Christian College, that yeah. teeny tiny little school yeah. over in Wilson, yeah. you know, small D2 program. And I, you know, spent three and a half years there. I spent my final semester studying abroad over in the UK. And, uh, well, I should say the UK, Wales. I studied in Wales. They would be very, very mad at me for lumping <laughs> them in with the rest of the United <laughs> Kingdom for that. But yeah, um, came down here then. My sister told me after graduation, you know, just come check out Charlotte. Give it six months. If you like it, great. If not, go anywhere in the world. Go wherever you want. That was almost 10 years ago. So clearly wow. something must have stuck. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> Good. What do you like most about Charlotte? The Greenways. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> the, I Greenways, Greenways. Yeah. the Greenways and... <clears throat> When I was looking at cities after school, mm. the big draw was, do you have professional sports? Because I remember growing up in this town of 500 people. And I'm like, no. we don't we don't have anything here. We have beautiful scenery. We're the place that all the city people come up to visit. But we don't, yeah. we don't have anything here aside from this is a nice place to visit. And I saw, you know, there are the Panthers here. The Hornets were coming back in 2014. You know that we'll not talk about that Bobcats itineration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And <laughs> my brother-in-law, yeah, um, my brother-in-law at the time was like, MLS is going to be here by 2022. So he had the crystal ball that none of us had. Definitely wish he put some bets on that. But right. he said, you know, like soccer's here. Every like everything is here. You've got this great minor league baseball team that's here. Minor league hockey, like you've got everything. And I was like, okay, sure. I'm told, uh, I just turned 22. What the heck do I? Yeah. Oh, but just just came in and you know Charlotte's changed so much, and I like to think that it's growing up, and I've kind of grown up along with it. I think we associate a lot of growing up with our teen years, and like I didn't start growing up until I was in my 20s. So that's just some honest, tough love on myself. But I didn't start growing up until my 20s, and running's been a big part of that. Um, all the tough miles, all the tough love that I've had to give myself through miles and miles and miles of training i was running on sunday and i hit this point where i was like you just have to put one foot in front of the other like literally that is all you have to do one foot in front of the other it doesn't have to be hard just keep moving and i feel like i mean so so many people have probably said this already but running is such a great metaphor for life like literally just totally keep moving doesn't matter how fast it could be a crawl just keep moving and, well and, and, oh, that's absolutely true and uh, amongst all those wonderful amenities that this town brings to bear we also have a marathon which you've done three times i should have done it four times i'm still very very mad about that but the week of the race in 2019 i came down with i don't know if it was the flu or what it was but i was terribly terribly sick oh, man. and my dad told me he's like if you go and run this race you're going to end up in the hospital with pneumonia because it was like a dreary rainy nasty november week that year mm. and i was like i've put in all this time all this work all these months and I didn't even get to the starting line. So uh, I remember being curled up on the couch that day feeling like crap. And I was so mad. But came back in 2021 because I was planning to run it in 2020. Then this little thing yeah. happened. Don't know if you guys heard about it, but this yeah. thing kind of happened. Thing, um, so came back and ran it in 21. Well, I, and that's another lesson that you will learn when you are as old as me and, and, and Tim. Exactly. Is that there will be <laughs> many of those events where you're like, oh, my gosh, I just devoted fill in the blank, you know, months of my life. And now injury or illness has prevented me from doing it. But, uh, but, and, and I'm, and I'm going to jump back into your marathon experience here for just a second. And you, I know you're going to hate me reading back 
your words to you, but I thought this was really good. Uh, this was after your third uh, Novant Health Charlotte Marathon and the article you wrote for Axios, and you said, running is my safe space. Even when it hurts, it's where things make sense. Put one foot in front of the other. Keep moving. Even when the pain is unbearable, press on. Call it a metaphor for life. Is that still, does that still ring true for you? All, a couple of years later. Still rings true. Yeah. I knew those words sounded familiar. Yeah, she just mentioned yes, that. that no. is, yeah. <laughs> it's one of the favorite things that I've, I've ever written. And I remember <laughs> the the next day I wrote that Sunday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, the race was on a Saturday and I, it was Saturday, November 13th. I can tell you the exact date because my partner had total knee reconstruction exactly a month before um and he stood out there on crutches Mm -hmm. for hours on end and thankfully one of my very dear friends was able to kind of like not take care of him because he's fully capable taking care of himself (laughs) but like be a shuttle like load him up into the car and they would drive over from uptown to plaza and meet me like you're doing great and like that like dose of encouragement was so like the encouragement that you get during these races is amazing but back to your point uh yes i was writing that that sunday after the race laying in bed like i feel like death and then looking over at this sweet wonderful human next to me like really you you could run this race like you have nothing to complain about i was like i know but i'm sore (laughs) oh i think running is that great thing where we just at least for me I love to complain while I'm running, but also realizing like just how (laughs) blessed and fortunate, like to physically be able to do this, to physically be able to endure this amount of pain is just, it's amazing and horrible at the same time. I love it and I hate it. It's, but again, we're still, we're on good terms. Running and I are besties right now. Well, that's good. That's good. That's we're besties. (laughs) Exactly. So good. I like that. Tell us, tell us about, uh, about your mother she passed away a couple of years ago and um she wasn't a runner but she was an artist and you've done some things uh to um extend her legacy tell us tell us about her and that relationship and sure. and where you're at with yeah. that yeah uh well i'm going to start it off with a little story so i mean journalists we love to tell you stories perfect but it was i think the summer of 2012 Justin Bieber's Beauty and the Beat with Nicki Minaj had just come out. And I was listening to that on repeat as I was running through the Catskills. And I was really like, I was really feeling running. Running and I were very, very close at this moment. And I was training, you know, for soccer during the off season, home for the summer. And if you've been to the Catskills in New York, there's a road called Tower Road. It is absolute torture. It is unlike anything that we have here in Charlotte. Um, But it is just like a straight vertical incline for like two miles and i decided i'm like i'm gonna go do a loop around like this road and it extends across highway 97 back through the woods so i'm going through the woods down through this little town across this highway where people are coming down like flying 70 miles an hour speed limit's like 45 um (laughs) and she comes looking for me i didn't go out with like any sort of hydration it's we think of the north as like cooler temperatures it was still a pretty darn hot day i probably had some sort of heat exhaustion from this but you know i was like 18 19 i was oh, invincible yeah. Yeah. and she comes out looking for me like are you okay like what do you need i'm like water go back to the house and get me water so 
she went back to the house, came back with a giant jug and like filled with ice. And she's like, what else do you need? Like, do you want to ride home? I said, no, I'm running home. So she was very supportive, um, a little skeptical, a little concerned as mothers would be sure, yeah, yeah, about sure. my um, dabble with pushing my body to its limit. And, you know, we're just like, okay, like, I don't know what you're doing, but she went to every indoor track meet I had at West Point. Um, and then she and my dad moved down here in 2016. The year before I ran my first bout with the Novant Health Charlotte Marathon, and I had no idea what to expect, but I do remember vividly, um, speaking of pain that we put ourselves through, as you were coming down Mint Street, you could see the finish line. Oh, yeah. yeah. All the half marathon runners went straight to the finish line. Marathon runners went around the ballpark and had to do it all over again. Another half. <laughs> Yay! Oh, halfway there. This is awful. <laughs> yes. But I'm looking and I see my dad at the corner of MLK and Graham. I'm like, okay, there's dad. Where the heck is she? Like, did she serious? Like, she's going to miss me coming around. I'm not going to see them for another couple hours. Like, where the heck is she? And he just points up the street on Graham. And as I said in that piece, this woman did not run, did not like running. She was very active, but like walking, walk for miles, had no interest in running. And there she is running up Graham Street saying, come on, come on, you've got this. And that little burst was everything. So ran up there, gave her a kiss on the cheek and just kept on going. And then in 2017, uh, let's see, I started training when she was diagnosed with cancer and I knew that, um, I was running that fall. Didn't know whether she was going to be here or not that fall, but she died in August of that year. So a couple months later went through, ran and my dad gave me, you know, one of her rings, um, after she died and I'm not a jewelry person as you can tell from my ensemble please just give me comfortable shorts and a t-shirt maybe a jersey I literally was running in a jersey this morning a Manchester United training top and um I I wore that ring while I was running so every mile I would you know kiss the ring on my finger and punch it to the sky and that was kind of just a little nod to her and there's a picture, I don't know who the photographer was, but thank you, Photog, um, of me crossing the finish line, kissing the ring, and punching it to the sky. That's awesome. So that was, that was 2017. Yeah. Um, and then I did the same thing in 2021. And 2021, the stone fell out of the ring a couple oh, no. years before pandemic happens. I didn't get it fixed. And I put out a call on Twitter of, like, does anyone know a good jeweler in Charlotte? Like, we had a family jeweler, yep, you know, back in New York. But I, know I, I don't know any jewelers <laughs> down here. And they're like, do you, do you know a guy? Like, do you know somebody? I know a guy. So uh, procrastinating as I was, I just started with Axios at the time. Partners, you know, in a the recovery phase, the early days of the recovery phase. So I'm like, Damn. getting this ring fixed is kind of the last thing on my mind. But it's the night before or a couple of nights before. I wasn't foolish enough to do it the night, night before, but a couple of days before the race. And someone suggested, I think it was Perry's in South Park, pretty near, pretty close to the mall, but like not right across from the mall. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, um, I don't know what I'm doing. And they texted me, they're like, come in, we've got you. And I wish I could remember the name of the jeweler. I know I mentioned him in the story, yeah, but yeah, he yeah. just looked at me as I walked in and he's like, you're the marathon runner? I'm like, yes. He said, sit went, fixed the ring, cleaned it, came back out. And I was like, okay, well, how much do I owe you? He's like, nothing. Like, 
just come back and tell me how the race went. So in traditional mom Mahoney fashion, I baked him a batch of chocolate chip cookies and a little thank you note. I was like, I know you won't let me pay you, but thank you. Um, when I, whenever I need anything done jewelry wise, I don't know when that's going to be or what that's going to be, but if I ever need anything done jewelry wise, I'm coming back here and I'm sending everyone else here too. So so I think, yeah, sometimes Charlotte feels like it can be a big city. Things can be very lonely and disconnected. And then other times you have that, just that sense of community in the most unlikely of places, um, that just warms your heart. So. Awesome. Yeah. Now you, you started a scholarship in your mom's memory. Is that correct? I have. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I've, it's been on hiatus over the last couple of years since I left the post. It was through the Charlotte post foundation, but, uh, the plan is to ultimately set it up where it can be its own entity and kind of have yeah. its own, you know, run until long after I'm gone. But I haven't really figured out how to do that. That's a lot more math and numbers and semantics than I have figured out quite yet. So that is a a slow work in progress. But the goal there was to help students who are studying art, to help artists, really. Um, My mom was a tremendous artist, but didn't have um, the support from her family to really pursue that. Um, Didn't go to college. And there's nothing wrong with not going to college. It's just she was it was never presented as an even option for her and to see someone with so much natural potential and she worked so hard at it and just never thought she was any good, Mm -hmm. but was so nurturing to others. Like if there's a way to help people combat that or just have the means to pursue their passion, then that's great. Um, so eventually that will be coming back. Just haven't quite gotten there yet. I love it. I love it. Now, awesome. let, me t- let me touch on your, your, your professional life for a moment. Um, I mean, you are, like you said, you're a journalist, you know, all the way to the core. You love telling a story clearly, and, which is fantastic, which makes you a fantastic <laughs> podcast guest, by the way. Um, but when you're, and it's different because it's, it's a couple of us telling stories right here. Is it harder as a professional to out yourself like that in front of God and everybody? Or does that sense of community that you find in Charlotte make that a little bit easier to do? I think there there have definitely been, like it's become easier. Um, Mm -hmm. This delightful thing we call social media has made that easier because you can just kind of pour your soul out to people without having to really, you can see the reaction because it's the internet, but also like you can just say what you want to say and walk away from it. And if you don't want to know what people think, if you just needed to get it off your chest, Mm -hmm. you can. I like to say that there have definitely been times, especially around, you know, her her birthday or mother's day, Christmas, things like that. I have definitely word vomited on Twitter on more than one occasion. Um, (laughs) That that's just been the way it is, especially um, like grief is hard. But yeah. I've also seen um, the way that people in Charlotte have really rallied around each other, not just me, but each other. And I think the the moment I knew that and I love my post family dearly. This is certainly not a knock at them, but I knew without a shadow of a doubt that I made the right decision and joining the Axios team. But what really like kind of hit the nail on the head there was I was with Axios for not even two months. It was like a month 
not even a month and a half, like just over a month. And a bunch of my, uh, my colleagues were in NOTA and had signs and were all there cheering me on, not just for one loop, not just like, oh, hey, you came through, but like they stayed out there and cheered me on during the 2021 race. And I was like, that's awesome. Oh, wow. And that even um, talking with them now, I was like, yeah, like I'm thinking about running an ultra. I've never done that. I don't know what that'll entail. And they're like, well, if it's in the Charlotte area, you know, we know we'll be there. I'm like, it just kind of warms your heart. It makes you feel all warm and fuzzy. And in a crazy, sometimes dark and twisty world, you need a little bit of warm and fuzzy. (laughs) So (laughs) I I got a question for you. One last question. And and it's professionally related to you. And um, just something that as, you know, I, I, I listen to the media, read the media, things like that. Um, do you think the way media has changed and journalism has changed um, that, that, we are, that we are in good hands? So in other words, used to be if you wanted to be a journalist, you had to be tied to a traditional outlet, newspaper, television, radio, whatever. And now... Anybody can be a journalist, right? You start a Twitter feed or you uh, have a Facebook page with some news items or whatever, and anybody can say anything they want. And it's really hard to separate fact from fiction or or mm-hmm. fact from opinion or things like that. So tell, tell me, tell me, tell us, our audience, what you think of where we're at with journalism and, and what's good about it and what we need to be careful of going forward. Absolutely. I mean, there is a lot to digest out there right now. And I guess I missed the golden age of media, but I think the best is still yet to come. You have people like our our founder, Ted Williams, who started Charlotte Agenda. He's like, I think I can do this better. And that's fun into creating all of Axios local and saying like local news matters. It needs to be here. And you have trusted voices in the community. You have people like, I'm going to give them shout outs now, but freaking Michael Graff and Katie Peralta Zoloff, mm-hmm. like yeah. OGs in the, the Charlotte totally. journalism scene who who are fighting the good fight, who are doing the good work. So while it's you know kind of a, a broader equalizer to have more voices at the table and we should have more voices at the table, that's important. But I think it's also on the reader, listener, viewer, however they're consuming their news to be smart about it, to quote unquote, I hate saying do your research, but to to know what you're dealing with. There are, you know, some, some shysters out there to sound like my mom. There are people who are going to try to pull a fast one on you, but can you, do, do you have that trusted source? Do you have, you know, your Axios, your NPRs, your Washington posts and so forth? Legacy media is valuable. That's not to say new media doesn't have a place here. I work for new media. New media is important to the evolution of what we're dealing with. But mm-hmm. just know that a blogger is a blogger. I, whatever the case may be, someone who has a, a TikTok may not necessarily be a legitimate news source. They might sound smart. They might sound like they have everything together. But fact check them. I mean... There, there's a reason that journalists are still out here fighting the good fight. That's not to say that the opinions and the contributions of these newer platforms aren't valuable. It's just to say that they don't have editors holding them accountable. They don't have people right. fact-checking them. So you can enjoy their content. 
just know that what they're giving you may not be gospel and that's okay. You can still enjoy their content. Just don't say like, Oh, well, this is what they reported. Like, well, no offense, they're not a journalist. So I, I read it on the internet. And that's just journalists too. Yeah, <laughs> I read it on the, inter- the internet. It's, it's gotta so be great. True. Yeah, I mean, exactly, exactly. In fact, just journalists too. I mean, we we try as hard as we can to get it right, but sometimes even we get it wrong. So yeah. if we get it wrong, and our readers love to let us know, thankfully it's not that often. Knock on wood. Let's really keep it that way. <laughs> but, I mean, if if we get it wrong, let us know. Hold us accountable. That's that's your job. It's our job to try and give you the truth and to just give it to you straight and it's your job to hold us accountable we don't exist without each other very good all right so i know that was the last question but i'm gonna give you an opportunity to pitch where do we find you where do we follow you where do we read along Excellent. Well, if you're not an Axio Charlotte newsletter subscriber, please head over to Charlotte at Axio Char- no, charlotte.axios.com. It's always a jumble to get all of that out. But go subscribe to the newsletter. You'll find me there every Tuesday and Saturday. And then you get to hang out with my fabulous colleagues, Lauren, Katie, and Alex in the days in between. But that is where you'll find me. That's where you'll find my byline. If you're still on Twitter, I know a lot of people have left Twitter. But the good news for you is Twitter, Instagram, and threads. We're doing threads now. Great. But <laughs> at all, all of those platforms, it's at Mahoney. And you can blame Mike Mahoney with Tepper Sports and Entertainment for getting the Twitter handle at Mahoney first. Ironically, he has the same name as my dad. And I totally was like, that's on Twitter? <laughs> this was years ago. But um, no, my dad is not on Twitter. It's just someone who shares his name is on Twitter. So at Mahoney with an underscore underscore between every single letter. Um, so at M underscore A, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. That is how you can find me. Love it. Excellent. <laughs> Ashley, thank you so much for sharing your story. Uh, some personal stuff in there. Good stuff. Um, professionally as well. Thank you so much. All right, of my course. Friend. Thanks for having me all. And hope to see you at the marathon this fall. Yes. Too. Well, see, you'll definitely see me. If you don't see me there, you might see me up in Lake Norman on December 2nd attempting that first ultra. We'll see how it goes. There you go. Keep All me in the right. loop. Keep me in the loop. <laughs> see you, Ashley. Thanks, Ashley. Right. The Running Around Charlotte podcast is presented by the Novon Health Charlotte Marathon and our partners at Pinnacle Financial and U.S. Bank. Running Around Charlotte is produced in partnership with Well Run Media and Marketing. New episodes are available every week, anywhere you listen to podcasts.